Hello and welcome back to Nerdy and Flirty. My name is Cass. Thank you for being here. I cannot believe that this is the last episode of the year. That means next time I record, it'll be next year. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I love making those jokes. I think it's so funny. But if you think it's corny, whatever. Today's topic is all about stress, recovery, types of stressors, and how to complete your stress cycle to avoid burnout. Everyone knows about stress. Everyone talks about stress. Everyone knows stress. No one is a stranger to the feeling of being stressed out, overwhelmed, all of those lovely feelings that we feel pretty much every single day. But what even is stress? So anything that is a stressor, something that causes stress, is something that disrupts your homeostasis. And you might have heard of homeostasis before. Basically, homeostasis is our balance. It's what our body is always trying to achieve. And when we're stressed out or when we experience stress, our homeostasis gets all disrupted. It gets messed up. We're not feeling balanced anymore. We're not feeling stable anymore. And in the short term, that's not a bad thing. When you have an acute stressor or something that happens quickly but then goes away quickly, That's not really a bad thing. It's heightening your stress response so that your body can respond to it. Your stress response gets your attention so that you can deal with that stressor. And without the stressor, you wouldn't know to deal with it. So acute stress or short-term stress isn't necessarily a bad thing. The reason that stress gets such a bad rep is because chronic stress, which is what most of us experience nowadays, is detrimental to our health. Stress has all kinds of effects on our health and you've probably seen it all over the place of how it increases your risks for chronic diseases, how it messes up your digestion, maybe it interrupts your sleep. Stress does all kinds of things to us and everyone responds a little bit differently. I know when I'm stressed out, my digestion goes out of whack. Sometimes my sleep goes out of whack. My foods go out of whack, like what I'm craving and what I wanna eat goes out the window. Some people even lose their appetite when they're stressed out. All of these things happen because your body's in a stressed state. Now, if it's short term, that's not a problem. Like if a lion was chasing you, you would want that stress response. But if it's just your emails that you get every single day, that's where those detrimental health conditions start to come into play because chronic stress is long term and it's not dealt with. Our stressors nowadays are much different than the stressors we had from our ancestors. So like we're not getting chased by lions mostly. We're not out in the wilderness struggling for food, struggling for things. Our stressors are a lot different and we're going to get into the different types of stressors. But right now I want to talk about the stress cycle. There's an amazing book called Burnout that goes way into detail about the stress response system and why we get burnout and how to deal with it. And a big premise of the book is this stress cycle. And in the book, the authors describe the importance of completing your stress cycle to deal with this chronic stress that most of us have. Because the reason it's chronic is because it's accumulating. We get all these stressors that we never deal with. And in this book, the authors talk about how we can complete our stress cycle so that we're dealing with our stressors every day. 
So the first part of it is our stressors. The first step is that stressor appearing. And there are many different types of stressors that we interact with. When we think about stressors or things that cause stress, most of us think about external stressors. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's the messy house. Things around us that stress us out. There are also internal stressors that are just as stressful to your body, even if nothing around you has changed. For example, if you've ever had an uncomfortable conversation that you're anticipating, maybe you're about to confront someone, maybe you're about to set a boundary and you're thinking about it, Just that thought of thinking about it, your body doesn't know the difference and actually thinks that you're having that conversation right there in that moment. External and internal stressors are just as powerful regardless of what's around you. And I think that's important to say because a lot of us create stress just in our own heads. I know for me, I'm super type A. I like to control as much as I possibly can. And that alone causes stress in my head that I'm trying to work on, don't worry, but we all have like our internal dialogue and if your internal dialogue is stressful, you're creating stressors for no reason. And there's actually six different types of stressors that I wanna talk about. So the first type of stressor is your physical stressors. These are things like your physical activity, your nutrition, energy intake, your sleep, alcohol, drugs, smoking, injury, anything physical to your body that's a stressor. Now these ones you might think of, but you might not think of them if you're in a constant routine of eating fast food or not properly recovering after your workouts or if you're constantly sick. All of these things induce a stress response from your body and if you're constantly doing one of those things or a combination of these things, your body's in that stress state longer than it should be. The next ones are mental. So your mental stressors, these can be your anxieties, having too many cognitive demands. So if you're trying to multitask all the time or if you have so many things going on in your brain, decision fatigue, perfectionism. If you are living somewhere where they don't speak your native language and you're using a secondary or tertiary language, that in itself can be a stressor. Anything around your thought patterns is going to be a mental stressor. The next type is your emotional stressors. And this can kind of tie into your mental stressors, but it's more around your emotions. So if you're feeling grief, sadness, anger, shame, guilt, isolation, all of those things are stressors to your body and your mind. One of my top five books of 2023 is called Gut Feelings, and it's written by Dr. Will Cole. He's amazing. He has a podcast. He's just a really great listen, great read, someone that I really like to learn from. And in this book called Gut Feelings, he talks about how your gut is connected to your emotions and your brain and so many things about the gut. But he also talks about shame flammation and how shame puts your body in this inflamed state, this stress state. And he goes so in depth about the feeling of shame specifically that many of us feel shame that we're not doing enough, shame that we're doing too much. So many of us feel shame every single day and that's one of the most toxic emotions that we could feel. So right now I'm giving you permission to accept yourself, forgive yourself. In Dr. Will Cole's book, and I'll link everything below by the way, I highlighted and took notes on almost every single page because it's just an amazing science-filled book. But one of the most important sentences he said in the book that is so simple is you can't heal a body that you hate. 
And that really resonated with me. And then he went on to talk more about the shame and the shame flammation and this term that he coined that has so much power in it. But you can't heal a body that you hate. And if you're living your life hating yourself and feeling so much shame and so much guilt for something that you're not doing or something you think you should be doing, it's so much harder to heal and it's so much harder to get rid of these stressors that you have. And I highly, highly recommend that book if this is resonating with you because it really helped reframe my mindset and also educated me on the impact because a lot of us dismiss our emotions. We think our emotions have no tie to the rest of our body. If you're feeling fatigued all the time, if you're having trouble losing weight, if you're having any kind of health issue with your body, it could be linked to your emotions. And that link is not quackery. It's not like woo-woo. It's real. I love that social media is putting more of a light on that because I know for me it's real. I know when I'm stressed out, my body does not react the same way as when I'm coming from a place of self-compassion and love. The next type of stressor is existential stressors. And this is feelings of meaninglessness, purposelessness, hopelessness, really any depression-related emotion. It has its own little section. It's one thing to feel down. It's another thing to feel like you have no purpose and no place in this life. And that type of stress is different than the type of stress of just having a bad day. The next type of stressor is relational stressors or social health stressors. And if you notice, a lot of these things tie into the social determinants of health, which we talked about in, I think, episode two. But anyway, your social stressors are real. And you might have noticed this over the holidays because we were spending a lot of time with our family, our friends, or people we haven't seen all year long. And you might have felt a little stressed out. I know the holidays are supposed to be fun and beautiful and amazing, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're really stressful. And things that cause stressors in your social health are unsupportive relationships or conflict with your relationships, loneliness, rejection, judgment, feeling a lack of belonging, lack of community. Anything that's related to your social health can be a social stressor. And then lastly, environmental stressors. The Skinny Confidential had Ken Cook on who talks about all kinds of environmental stressors that we have in our lives. And I don't think he actually says them in a way of stressors, but he talks about the negative impacts of environmental toxins that actually cause stress in our bodies. So things like mold, pollution, any toxic chemicals or pollutants that we have in our foods, in our products, things we put on our skin, anything like that can be an environmental stressor. And then some other things can just be how your environment impacts your stress. So if you live in a big city where it's not necessarily safe all the time, there's a lot of violence, or if you're always hearing police sirens during your sleeping, if there's a lot of chaos, if you have extreme conditions like extreme heat, extreme cold, Those things will cause stress and they act as stressors on your body. So those are the six types of stressors. And individually, those things might not sound like a lot. But if you were listening, you might think about, oh, I have this one and this one and this one and this one. And all of these stressors add up. 
they are cumulative. So one person usually doesn't just have one stressor in their life. They usually have some sort of health condition and they smoke cigarettes and then they work long hours and then they live in a big city where it's not necessarily safe and they might not eat right and they might be sad and alone and they might not have a good social circle around them and that's just one person and I just listed off a ton of stressors like think about your life what stressors do you have that I listed off or maybe I didn't list off that you know or might not have realized are causing stress in your life. Your total amount of stress is called your allostatic load, and this is the cumulative amount of stressors that you have in your life. So once your stressor or stressors appear, your stress response activates, and this is where your body says, hey, we're stressed out. Now this is where you might have heard of fight or flight, and this is where your body chooses to fight or flight or even freeze. Those are the three responses that you can have. Now, depending on the response, depending on the stressor, different things happen in our bodies, but usually your heart rate will increase, your blood pressure will increase, your circulation increases. All of this happens to give your body the tools that it needs to actually be able to escape the stressor that you have. And because certain processes are speeding up, other processes slow down. Your immune system slows down, your digestion slows down, reproduction slows down and that's why some people get constipated when they're stressed or for some people who have been in severe chronically stressed states they might even have fertility issues or you might get sick when you're stressed out because your body feels stressed and it's responding to the immediate stressor it can put those non-essential functions on the back burner until the stressor goes away and as you can imagine if the stressor never goes away those non-essential functions will slow down severely and that's where we start to have some of those health complications like infertility issues like sickness all the time like digestive issues because our body's in this chronically stressed state in this short-term fight-or-flight state your body inflames itself to give you the tools and the energy and the power to fight or flight but long term, that high inflammation breaks down your healthy tissues, leads to chronic diseases, and ends up doing more harm than good in the long term. Now, the other response is the freeze response, which you might not have heard of before. But this is where instead of your body speeding up, it actually just stops completely and you might feel numb. You might feel like you can't move. You might disassociate. All of these things can happen when you're in severe stress instead of your body speeding up and fighting it off or flighting. So as an example, if a lion was chasing you, fighting it would be an option, flight would be running away, and then playing dead would be freeze. Your heart rate and blood pressure actually drop, which is why some people even faint when they're in this state because you don't respond to what's going on. Your body just pretends it's not happening and you actually immobilize. This type of stress response can happen to anyone, but it's most common in people that have survived severe forms of trauma, so survivors of abuse, military vets, different forms of trauma that might lead to the body resorting to freezing altogether rather than staying and fighting or flighting. Severe stress responses should definitely be discussed with a psychiatrist or your primary care physician or psychologist, anyone in your medical network, 
But it is important to understand and learn your stress response because when we stay in our stress response for too long, like I've been saying, that's where all of those negative connotations with stress arise. Stress is linked to all kinds of medical conditions, but something that I find really interesting in my personal life is my connection to stress and my hormones. So your hypothalamus is very linked to your hormones and your hormone production, but your hypothalamus is also closely linked to your adrenal glands, which is where your stress hormones are produced from. So because of this, if your hypothalamus notices that there's too much stress and too many stress hormones in your body, it will actually slow down the production of your hormones from your hypothalamus. And in women, women that are severely stressed or in their stressed out state can actually lose their periods and have irregular menstrual periods, which for me, this rings so true when I'm really stressed out and not taking care of myself the way that I normally would like to. I get such a longer menstrual cycle, like I won't get my period for a lot longer time. And then when I'm taking care of myself, when I'm working out, when I'm recovering, when I'm eating right, when I'm doing all the things I can to reduce my allostatic load, I actually get my period in a more regular time frame. And I want to do an episode all about this topic because I'm really passionate about it. This is such a big thing. And even in men, it can actually lower testosterone. When there's too many stress hormones, the testosterone hormones go down, which leads to loss of sex drive or just lower energy in general, which sometimes people don't talk about that or don't connect it to stress. But it's important to understand that your stress hormones are linked to so many other things besides just feeling overwhelmed. And sometimes a physical manifestation can be from your stress response. So the next step in the stress cycle is dealing with the stressor according to the burnout book. And sometimes we don't even make it to the step. We just let the stressor exist forever and we stay in our stress response. So in order to handle our stressors, we have to understand the things causing us stress. As we talked about, there are so many different types of stressors and different kinds of stressors, and some of them are out of our control. But some of them are completely within our control, and there's things that are causing us stress that we don't even deal with that we should. For example, your environment. There are parts of our environments that we can change that would improve our allostatic load. Additionally, our social circles, you can change up your social circles to improve your stressors. But take an honest and clear look at your stressors and go through dimension by dimension. Think about your physical, your emotional, your mental, your existential, your social. Think about all of your types of stressors and where you feel you need the most help and dive deep into the things you can control and the things you can't control. I talked about in a previous episode how you can do a wheel of control or a circle of control. And I actually have a picture on the Instagram, but make circles within each other about what do you have the most control over and control that then what do you have a little bit less control over try to do as much as you can to control those things and then what do you have the least amount of control over unfortunately certain things you're not always going to be able to control and those things you're just going to have to deal with but the things that you can control if you can reduce your allostatic load or deal with your stressors when they happen you will save yourself so much stress, so many more problems by dealing with it. For example, I might not be able to control the air pollution outside my house, but I can get an air purifier and put it inside my house. Like there are things that we can do that will help limit or negate the allostatic load of stress that we have. 
The fourth part of the cycle is your stress response deactivating. This is where that stress response goes away and enables the body to get a little bit closer to equilibrium or homeostasis, which is that balance that we're achieving. Certain things you can do to help with this that are physical are things like getting a good night's sleep, breathing exercises, yoga, stretching, different things that are going to help calm your nervous system back to its original state. After that, the next step is rest and recovery, and this is where your body can actually get high-quality rest and recover the way that it would like to. When we're stressed, repair isn't happening in the body the way that it would when the stress response is lowered. So once that stress response goes away, now you can actually rest and recover and repair your body during your sleep, during your rest, and actually repair some of the damage that happens every day. And then after that is where our stress cycle completes, and that is the final step of the stress cycle. So how does burnout happen? Burnout happens when you don't complete the stress cycle. So you experience these stressors, these stress responses happen, but the cycle never completes, and it's just starting a new cycle over and over and over again without actually completing that stress cycle and getting rid of that stress. Burnout is excessive and prolonged stress or chronic stress, and it has this different type of exhaustion or drain than just normal stress. I'm sure you felt stressed out before, and I'm sure you felt completely drained and overwhelmed by the constant demands that you face. That's burnout. Burnout isn't just overwhelmed because you have a deadline coming up or something where you can see the end. Burnout is where you feel like every day is hard, you're exhausted all the time, everything just feels hard. If that's how you're feeling, that could be burnout. So stress can be over-engagement, doing too much, doing a lot, where burnout is disengagement. It's blunted. It's being completely removed and disassociated from what's going on. It has more of a helplessness to it rather than like trying to get things done. But the ways to deal with burnout are very similar to the things we talked about in this episode of completing the stress cycle and understanding your stressors. There's a 3R approach when it comes to burnout where you recognize it, you reverse it, and then you build your resilience. So recognizing the signs of burnout, understanding your tendencies and things that you do when you're getting close to burnout And then reversing where you undo what you've been doing by seeking support, managing your stressors, trying to change your lifestyle up to remove that um, tendency to get to burnout. And then resilience, taking care of your physical health, taking care of your emotional health, being resilient to stress and dealing with it when it comes up. We've all been there and I know that the new year can sometimes lead to this stress cycle and you want to do all these resolutions and you want to do all these goals and you want to look back and say look at everything I did this year and I'm sure that those Instagram posts are coming where people are going to talk about everything they did and what a great year they had and I just want you to know that you're doing enough and you're right where you need to be and everything has happened the way it's supposed to happen for you. One door closed is leading to the open door that's meant for you And just because you see all these things on Instagram, number one, half of them aren't real anyway. And number two, your life and your trajectory are different than the person next to you, different than your sibling, different than your friend. No matter what, your life is going to be completely different than someone else's and that is okay. 
And I encourage you to take an honest look at what causes you stress. Is it things around you or is it the things in your brain? Is it the internal dialogue that you say to yourself every day that you're not good enough, that you're not doing things perfect? Whatever you're telling yourself, you have control to change that and you can change the dialogue you say to yourself every single day. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about stress and your stress response and your stressors. And try not to stress too much. I hope you have a really happy new year. I'm excited for 2024. And I do just want to end this with saying that this is the year that you can do any of the things that you've been saying you'll do. Start your podcast, start your YouTube channel, post more on Instagram, sign up for a course, start crocheting, go on a first date, literally do anything that you've been saying you're going to do. This is the time to do it. Start doing it. This is the year we're putting ourselves out there. I'm putting that energy out right now because what do you get from waiting? What do you get from delaying this thing that you say you want to do all the time? Start it. Do it. Put yourself out there. You have nothing to lose except everything if you don't do it. So get to it. Thank you for listening. Happy 2024 coming in hot. And I will talk to you next year. Wink, wink. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Have a great day.